Desmond Ritter played the best game of his career, but can he do it again? It's crossover Thursday. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another Crossover Thursday. I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, joined by my good friend, David Harrison, the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And today's Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. All you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And we thank each and every one of you guys that tunes into this crossover Thursday, where we will be previewing this week six matchup between the Atlanta Falcons and Washington Commanders. And we give a shout out to our everydayers of both Locked On Falcons and Locked On Commanders. And if you want to become an everydayer for either one of these shows, all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, David, we're kicking off this week six matchup, talking about the biggest stories uh, for each of these teams. But, you know, first I'll ask you, how you doing, my friend? I know it was a a rough, rough week five for the commanders, but are, are are you in a good place heading into week six? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've actually told a lot of my my insiders. So I know you have your 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 locked on Falcons insiders. I got my locked on Commanders insiders, and uh, you know, some of them some of them throw me some empathy, you know, from time to time. They're like, man, I can't believe you have to cover this on a daily basis and and stuff like that. And you know, I always tell people, man, you know, a bad day in football is is better than a good day in a lot of other professions. You know what I mean? So uh, every day I get to wake up and talk football and 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 make that as my living or even part of my living. I think that's a blessing. So you know. It would be, it could be more of a blessing, certainly, but it's, it's still a blessing nonetheless. <laughs> so let's jump into these biggest stories for each of these teams. I know for the Falcons, it's really about Desmond Ritter and the Falcons mm-hmm. offense coming off a good performance, arguably their best of the year against the Houston Texans. I know people look at the score and see 21 points and say that's your best of the year, but uh, the, the Falcons had a couple of turnovers while they were moving the football. And so, in, theory if they had played a cleaner game potentially they could have scored 30 points in this game but the big question for the falcons is can you do it again right a week ago after a pretty disastrous performance against the jacksonville jaguars in london uh everybody not necessarily me but you know most people let's say not not everybody most people were ready to just basically bail on desmond ritter and and declare it over and people were talking about you know, trading for Kirk Cousins or trading for Justin Fields or basically just completely abandoning ship on Desmond Ritter. And then he responded with the best game of his career. Um, And now the question is, can you do it again? Because isn't that basically the nature of of being an NFL quarterback? It's not, can you be good for one week? You got to be good for two weeks and then four weeks and then 17 weeks. And then, you know, can you do it for not just one season, but two seasons or four seasons and, you know, and, some cases 17 seasons so that sort of thing so that's going to be the big question that's going to be the big story for the atlanta falcons but i'm curious what is the situation going on in washington coming off a pretty humbling i guess loss against the chicago Mm -hmm. bears yeah humbling is a good way to put it um that's that's probably the nicest way to put it uh you know truth be told full disclosure i've been saying 
you know, when the Washington Commanders traveled to Atlanta to face Taylor Heineke and the Atlanta Falcons pretty much all season long. So, so shout out to Desmond Ritter for keeping that from becoming a reality because I've certainly been trying to talk it into reality, not because I have anything against Desmond Ritter, but just because I love Taylor Heineke, the human being, you know what I mean? The quarterback, you know, we can, we can talk for ages about the quarterback certainly has some things, you know, to be left desired, but Taylor is a great dude. Sam Howell talked about him uh, on Wednesday as well and just said he's an amazing person. So uh, looking forward to hopefully getting a few glimpses on the camera of, of Taylor Heineken. Unfortunately, I won't be able to travel to Atlanta for, for this weekend's game. But on the on the other side of things, you would expect to come into this game, you know, preseason saying that Sam Howell, the development of the Eric Bieniemy offense, obviously is going to be the biggest part of this, especially against the Atlanta Falcons and all the things they've done on defense this year and, and how those guys are going to kind of challenge him. But in reality, man, it's his defense. You know what I mean? Like you, you would like to say, okay, Desmond Ritter has not been great as an NFL quarterback. He's had some struggles granting, you know, like you said, coming off of a good game, but the hardest part, like you said, is not just being good once being good twice, even seasons, you know, going into all those things. Um, but this defense, I mean, we, we thought that the days of Washington being the get right game might be over, but in reality, that's, that's not at all what's happened. And really it's on both sides of the ball teams come into this matchup with two sacks on the season and get five in one game teams coming to this matchup, not scoring, you know, a first drive touchdown in four weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, and getting one on their first three drives of the game. Like it's just been kind of this discombobulated effort uh, across the board. But while the offense has actually gotten better this season, and especially behind young quarterback, Sam, Howell, he's starting to develop, still taking some bad sacks, still holding on the ball. Sometimes the defense is regressing, you know what I mean? And, and, and early on, Everybody, you know, media, fans, all kind of said, ah, Jack Del Rio's defense kind of starts slow anyway every year, and then they get it going. But they're starting slow, and then there's getting pummeled by the Chicago Bears defense, you know. And and going into Thursday night last week, I did a film study of what happened with the Denver Broncos, who beat the Bears, but by all accounts should have lost to the Bears. And the bottom line was, don't play a whole lot of man. Play mostly zone and stay zone disciplined. Don't get sucked out. They got a lot of crossers. They got a lot of this. They got a lot of that. Don't get sucked into that stuff. Be disciplined. What the watch commanders come on and do? Played arguably the least disciplined game on defense I've ever seen them play. And why that applies to this week is because I don't care who the quarterback is. It could be Desmond Ritter. It could be Taylor Heineke. It could be uh, the kid from Arkansas. I can't remember his name now. They converted to tight end. If you're not playing disciplined coverage in the secondary, man, zone doesn't matter especially when you're watching Bears defense that blitzes only 25% of the time, which is like 23rd in the NFL right now. If you're relying on your four man rush and you're not playing discipline coverage behind it, you're going to get torched. I don't care who the quarterback is. And I don't care uh, if Devin Desmond Ritter had never won at home, which I know is not the case because everybody keeps talking about it. Um, if you don't play discipline defense, you're going to lose in the NFL. And that is what the Washington commanders are being bitten by uh, giving up 30 plus 30 plus points on defense in the last four games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, for the Commanders fans that don't know, Desmond Ritter always wins at home because he's never <laughs> lost a game as a starter in college or in the pros uh, as uh, at home. So uh, we'll, we'll see if that streak continues against Washington. We'll get into some of the key matchups in this game, whether or not the Falcons can kind of take advantage of some of those struggles in the secondary. I'm, I'm looking at you, Emmanuel Forbes. Is, is this going to be another <laughs> rough outing for Emmanuel Forbes? But we'll get into that conversation as we continue today's Crossover Thursday.
So guys, I'm sure many of you have $10 in your pocket right now, and you probably love a way to turn that $10 into $250, and you can do that with Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. All you got to do is pick two or more players, and you just pick more or less on their projected stats, and the more entries you make, the more money you can win, up to 25 times your money. And the great thing about Prize Picks is it's not you versus other people. It's just you versus the projections. I love Prize Picks for that reason. It's quick. It's easy. I can put them in uh, like five minutes before kickoff, and usually I'll go more on Bijan Robinson's rushing uh, stats, and that seems to be a, a pretty good money maker for myself. And I'm sure you guys can look at Sam Howell's numbers or uh, Desmond Ritter's numbers and go more or less however you want to go. So take advantage of this quick and easy way to turn $10 into $250 by going to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. So continuing today's crossover Thursday, we thank each and every one of you guys that tune in to these crossover Thursday. And, you know, we want to give a shout out to the Locked On NFL kickoff show every single Friday to get you guys geared up for the upcoming matchup. And whether you're subscribed to Locked On Falcons, Locked On Commanders, you're already subscribed for the Locked On NFL kickoff every Friday at 2 p.m. with the Locked On Falcons folks know Jarvis and Tanitra very well from their days here in Locked On Sports Atlanta. And of course, they're joined by Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins and Locked On NFL Scouting to get you gears get you guys geared up for each weekend's action. You're getting betting tips, you're getting fantasy insights, all that and more, as well as the local experts like David and myself uh, previewing uh, the week six matchup. So make sure you uh, check out the Locked On NFL kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So David, with that being said, let's let's talk about the Falcons, Washington commanders. I, I just call them Washington now because my brain just wants to call them the old name of the team. So I'll just call them Washington saying commanders is just so weird to me. Um, Let's talk about some of these key matchups. And we talked Mm -hmm. about the secondary being a problem for Washington. And, you know, I'm just curious to pick your brain on this. I've watched a couple of games. It seems like Emmanuel Forbes, Mm -hmm. talented player, but seems to get picked on a lot. And I think the, size issues seem to be something that shows up on a weekly basis, whether it's him missing tackles and run support, whether it's a big physical receiver like AJ Brown kind of pushing him around, uh, whether it's him biting on some double moves and whatnot. And I'm looking at the Falcons receivers, given how much size they have with Drake London and Mac Hollins, uh, Kyle Pitts also splitting out wide. I feel like that's a matchup advantage, but I'm just curious from your perspective, what are your thoughts on Emmanuel Forbes and and do you feel like he's playing better than maybe some of the highlights or lowlights would indicate? Uh, no, I mean, he's, he's not, you know, you're, you're seeing what, what he's doing right now. And, and, you know, to, to a certain extent, uh, people have to be a little bit more patient with him. He's, he's a first round pick, which always is going to shorten the amount of time that people are willing to be patient, but he's also a first round cornerback and cornerback. You know, I think a lot of people talk about this is one of the hardest positions to translate from college to the National Football League. And quarterback, obviously, is one of them. You know, blindside tackle is certainly one of the most important, but I would say cornerback is probably the second hardest position uh, to, to do that. And I mean, mainly, and I don't want to say mainly, but in a lot of ways, simply because you're defending different looks. Like in, in the college game, you're not getting the same kind of looks that you get in the NFL game. Obviously, the guys are more talented, but also the rules are different. You can, you can be more physical in the college game than you can in, in the NFL game. So you have to learn basically a new way to almost play the position you've been playing. Uh, in the National Football League. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't perform. You know what I mean? Like, you do need to perform if you're going to be out there on the field. 
and Emmanuel Forbes certainly wants to be on the field. But when you're when you're making that leap, you're having to play a different style of football, essentially just because of the leagues you're going from from and to. And then you have some sort of physical disadvantage. You know what I mean? Like the team downplayed the size. He downplayed the size. And, and yeah, they should. I mean, nobody's going to draft a guy and say, yeah, you know, we're concerned he's going to get bullied. You know what I mean? But but at the end of the day, we all were kind of waiting and wondering, like, is this going to show up someday? And, and honestly, the Philadelphia Eagles and A.J. Brown was kind of that first game. So, okay, well, if it's going to be a problem, it's going to be a problem here. And like you just mentioned, it was a big problem uh, against A.J. Brown and the Philadelphia Eagles. And then you come to the Chicago Bears game, and then he gets bullied again by D.J. Moore. And D.J. Moore, not a small dude, you know, re- you know respectively, but he's not A.J. Brown. Um, and so a little bit of that is physical size experience and all that stuff. But a lot of it, I think some of it is confidence. I think, I think Emmanuel Forbes, uh, his confidence got shaken uh, a little bit and, you know, he ended up playing 24 snaps against Chicago bears. Uh, I don't know that you're going to see him for more than 24 against the Atlanta Falcons, unless he's just having a really good game and just uh, showing up playing lights out. I would expect Benjamin St. Juiced and Kendall Fuller uh, to be your outside cornerbacks to start this game. Danny Johnson will, will probably get a lot of the slot reps. And then I think they'll work Emmanuel Forbes in there. You know, maybe on some like third and longs, like third and 14, third and 15. But at the same time, I mean, that didn't go very well last week for, for the commander's defense either. I don't know how you really work him in, but you want to continue developing the kid. But at the same time, like this coaching staff knows they got to win, like especially Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. Like if there's any coach on this staff that has any job security, it's Eric Bieniemy because there's some people who think that if Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera get fired, Eric Bieniemy will become the head coach. Okay, well, you can stick around. But Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, like it's either you're in the same position you're in now next year or you're gone looking for a new job. So, you know, they got to win games uh, and all those things. And that only brings up more questions on why they even drafted him in the first place. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's bet as bad uh, as you think it is, at least for the last couple of weeks, especially um, early on, the size didn't really seem like it mattered all that much, but it's certainly becoming an issue. And yeah, I mean, when you look at Drake, I mean, you're Drake London, like you're just watching tape and say, okay, you know, a left jab here, a right hook there. And I'm just going to put this guy on the tarp. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it, like, you know, I, I it sucks for the kid, but like if I'm game planning this game, I'm like I don't think he can tackle. I don't think he can win some of these jump balls. And so it, if he's out there for the 24 snaps, he's out there. If I'm Arthur Smith, the play caller for the Falcons, the head coach, like I'm going to try to go after him for those 24 plays every single time, whether it's running directly at him or throwing the ball uh, to one of our big wide receivers. But uh, I'm curious, David, sort of for you, what are some of the key matchups that you're looking at in this Week Six matchup? Yeah, and I'll say one more thing on on Emmanuel Forbes. Honestly, like his his run support, I think has actually been better than than people expect him to. Like his size doesn't really seem to show up there too much. I think his technique and his intelligence on how to attack a ball carrier has actually been really impressive. But again, in the passing game, and and yeah, I mean, you really don't have a choice I, I, if you're if you're an offensive player and you have a rookie. I don't even care if it's a good rookie. Like I know you know uh, Devin Weatherspoon, Christian Gonzalez before he got injured was having a good rookie season. He's a rookie. You still got to challenge him. You know what I mean? Like let's see if you can do it this week. So. Uh, certainly one that's that's uh, that is str- that's struggling. Um, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about the defense and I don't mean to bash the commander's defense upside the head incessantly, but it, it has been bad these last few weeks. So they kind of deserve it. But I think just getting away from the defense, obviously, it's going to be a huge matchup for the commander's defense Falcons offense. But I'm looking at this pass rush. You know what I mean? The Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, they're not exactly the most prolific, you know, team getting after the quarterback. But again, I mentioned it like the Chicago Bears weren't either, but they had more sacks in the, that Thursday night game than I believe they had all season leading up to that game. And granted, we're early in the season, but it kind of has been that get right game. And some of that has been blocking, uh, but a lot of that has also been on Sam Howell, the decision maker. And, and really in that sense, it's almost Sam Howell against Sam Howell, right? Like, how is he going to react to 
not allowing pressure to get home, but you've got some savvy veterans there. Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata, who's a guy that like I've been trying to get David Onyemata signed on a team I cover for years. Uh, it feels like by the time it happens, he's going to be like on his way out of the league. But, you know, again, nobody's going to look at this Falcons pass rush and say like, oh, man, 49ers level and all that stuff. But you don't need to be 49ers level to get pressure on Sam Howell. And you don't need to be 49ers level for Sam Howell to allow it to affect him. Uh, so, again, some of it is the Falcons pass rush versus the commander's offensive line, which I'm curious to see what you think about that potential, but also some of it is Sam Howell against the internal clock and being a young quarterback and continuing his development there. Yeah. You know, I think for Falcon fans everywhere, we've been talking about, you know, will this pass rush get home? Cause the defense has been great this year. The one thing that has not been great this year is the pass rush. Uh, and the Falcons have had to rely way too much on blitzing in order to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, and, it's it's worked so far this year, but you, you wonder if if eventually that's going to be sort of an Achilles heel where, you know, a quarterback can pick them apart. And, and Sam Howe, as young as he is, has played at a pretty high level that I think he is the type of guy with the weapons that Washington has uh, can potentially pick them apart. So uh, I think everybody in Atlanta is hoping this is, again, another get right game for their pass rush. They have five sacks this year. They're hoping, you know, maybe we can get double that number uh, in this one game. Um, and that has been kind of the trend against Washington uh, so far this season. So I, I feel good about the Falcons, but probably only because it's Washington and um, mm -hmm. their ability to get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, they haven't really been able to do it any other game, but it's like, it feels like Washington's the one team. Well, even if you have the worst pass rush, you can still get at, get, get the quarterback on the ground against them. So uh, that's the only thing that really gives me optimism with that uh, group. But I do think this Washington offense is high powered. And it's, it's weird that Washington's this weird team that like, they're really good on the road, but they're terrible at home. That, that seems like the, been the trend um, with the, yeah. this team so far this season and I wonder if that's going to continue um, this week. But, you know, we're talking about the Falcons pass rush getting home against Washington's offense. I'm worried about Washington's pass rush, right? Um, yeah. Because Chase Young is balling, right? And it's not just Chase Young, but Jonathan Allen has been the guy that has decimated this Falcons offensive line the last couple of times we played them. And mm -hmm. you have a rookie in Matthew Bergeron. And this is one of those, you know, welcome to the NFL type of games. And Jonathan Allen has blessed a lot of Falcons left guards over the last couple of years. Oh. And I'm very worried about that. You have Caleb McGarry who injured his knee midway through last week's win against Houston. Um, he did practice on Wednesday, but his status is up in the air. And then that puts potentially storm Norton, their swing tackle that they just picked up off the saints practice squad uh, starting his first game um, in Atlanta in his only his second week on the team. And he's going up against Montez sweat. Who's been, very good as well. So that's the big question, you know, and, you know, we, we talk about Washington and, and what they do offensively. Like normally given all the pressure that they've given up and all the sacks that they've given up, normally you would see an, an offensive coordinator like Eric B say, we're going to run the football and take pressure off our offensive line. And it doesn't seem like Washington's doing that, but given their past success against Atlanta, where you saw Brian Robinson really kind of dominate this matchup a year ago, you wonder, should that be the game plan for them this week? Yeah. I mean, we would love it. <laughs> Listen, you know, Eric Bianami has talked a lot about the need to develop a quarterback, right? And Sam Howell was asked about that on Wednesday. Like, look, he, he's taking the most dropbacks of every quarterback in the National Football League. Like, there's literally not a passer in this league that has dropped back to pass the ball more 
uh, than Sam Howell. Now, granted, they also threw the ball. It was like 52, 55 straight times against Chicago Bears uh, because of that deficit they were in. But, you know, uh, Brian Robinson, I, I'll say this. Terry McLaurin, like pound for pound on the offense, Terry McLaurin is the most talented player on the Washington Bears offense. Brian Robinson is the most effective player on the Washington Bears offense this season right now. I mean, this dude, he had he had 70 yards on 10 carries uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, how does this dude only get 10 carries? Oh, by the way, he only had like 20 snaps in that entire game. So, you know, there's there's this there's a very obvious emphasis by Eric Bieniemy to get Sam Howell as many reps as he can early because he wants to develop him as quickly as possible. And I think they're basically thinking like long run, we're going to need this dude to be able to uncork it. Uh, down the stretch into the playoffs if we make it that far all these things and I understand that but also to a certain extent like get your offense rolling you know what I mean and and try it out now I will give EB some credit the last couple of weeks against Philadelphia and against Chicago Bears it looked like he was he was trying to get Brian Robinson more involved he was trying to get the running game going a little bit earlier than usual but the scoring margins I mean the the defense hasn't really given them the opportunity to kind of rely on the ground and then against Chicago Bears they're just getting boat race so it, you can't you know you have to essentially turn to the pass um, but I do think that Eric Bannemi is going to try to get Brian Robinson involved. If Brian Robinson can be effective early on, because credit to the bears. I mean, even the runs that he did have early on, they actually kept him bottling up pretty good and kind of gave Eric Bannemi another reason to go to the pass, uh, pass heavy approach. So if the Falcons can't bottle him up, then I do think you'll see a good, a healthy dose uh, of Brian Robinson. I know Brian is itching to, to take over a game. I know Sam Howell wants to see him take over a game, uh, but you will see plenty of pass. So this isn't going to be a game where, you know, from like the second quarter on, you just see B-Rob, B-Rob, B-Rob. Like even if he's having a successful game, the Atlanta Falcons defense is going to know they're going to see passes um, against this this offense. But something something interesting of note, um, the Chicago Bears had the worst sack percentage coming into last week. They're no longer last place. Now that's the Atlanta Falcons who play the Washington Commanders, right? So the Chicago Bears were last. They played the Falcons. They played the Commanders. They went up a little bit. The Falcons play them this week. The second worst is the New York Giants. The Commanders play the Giants next week, Aaron. So if the Atlanta Falcons can rise out of that uh, last place spot, the Giants will then be, it'll be the third week in a row that the Commanders face the worst sack percentage team in the NFL and potentially the third week in a row that they allow them to climb out of that basement ranking. It's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see if the Falcons can live up to that. I, I think they should. They'll, <laughs> they'll obviously have the, the crowd behind them. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think the good thing if you're a Washington fan and you want to see more Brian Robinson is the Falcons aren't a team that's going to, you know, put up 17 points in the, in the first quarter and and make it a sort of force Washington to have to throw the ball to get back into the game like kind of like Chicago did or however many points I it was so many points I lost count David I don't know how many points it was. Yeah. Um yeah, so the Falcons are 27th in first quarter scoring. Now, the good thing for the Falcons and we talking about get right games is Commanders are like 32nd in first quarter points allowed. So mm-hmm. Hopefully the Falcons will sort of change that narrative, but based off of how things have gone so far this season, it's really been the fourth quarter that is where the Falcons have shined, especially at home. Um, And so, you know, every game so far has been pretty much a low scoring game going to the fourth quarter. And that's when the Falcons kind of put it on. So I think that may be a formula for success for Washington in terms of getting off to a fast start. And we'll we'll talk about more of the ways that each of these teams can win uh, as we wrap up. Uh, today's crossover Thursday. So guys, I want to tell you about Jace Medical, who are providing you with the Jace case, uh, which includes five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And you're probably wondering why you need to stock up on antibiotics, but we live in a hectic world, right? There's supply chain shortages, there's natural disasters, there's potentially pandemics that could hit again. And you don't want to be stuck in a situation where you don't have access to these life-saving medications. So it doesn't hurt 
to be prepared more now than ever. And I personally deal with sinus infections, ear infections, a bunch. And Jace Medical makes getting access to those antibiotics that can solve those problems very simple. All you got to do is fill out a simple online form and you get those potentially life-saving antibiotics sent right to your door. Everybody should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And now you can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E, medical.com, promo code locked on. So David, wrapping up today's crossover Thursday here, we want to give a, another shout out to the everydayers that tune into Locked On Falcons and Locked On Commanders. Uh, we talked a little bit about some of the key matchups in this game. I'm curious sort of what's the formula for success for Washington? How do they win this game? And, and if you're uh, so willing, you know, maybe a score prediction for the listeners out there uh, with what you think is going to happen in week six. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta play discipline defense, right? I mean, and and to a certain extent, like that's kind of like a no duh type of deal. But again, you know, when you have a defense that had such a terrible showing uh in Thursday night, and you know, uh it's a short week and, and people are gonna kind of use that as as a little bit of an excuse, but that to me that's not an excuse. Like discipline, you're either disciplined or you're not, you know what I mean? And what the Washington Mayor showed in week five is that they're not. So they gotta come back and they've got to play that discipline. And what's gonna be harder to do that is you know, starting safety Derek Forrest, uh, who wasn't perfect by any means himself on Thursday night, uh, is now on IR. So he's not going to be playing in this game, which means Percy Butler, second year, young safety. Uh, you know, so so that's obviously not an upgrade. That's, you know, definitely going to be something that the Atlanta Falcons are probably going to try to to target. You know, if Emmanuel Forbes isn't on the field, maybe I take a couple shots at, at Percy Butler, especially if I get him in a single high look or, you know, get him manned up on somebody. Um, behind him, Jeremy Reeves, they're all pro special teams player. I mean, no special teams, you know, nobody really talks about it until it impacts the game. Well, this again, you, you lose your all pro special teams player. Now the Falcons have the opportunity to make their special teams a little bit more impactful because of that. And now your depth at safety is also wounded. So, I mean, they lose two safeties to IR in the same weekend uh, coming off of a terrible performance by the defense. There's just a lot stacked up against the defense. And then you talk about that pass rush and, you know, we all have heard about the, the first round picks. I mean, there's six first round picks alone on this commander's defense right now um, that are active, but Really, I mean, the the stats look good, but the pressure rates are not as good. And, and a lot of those pressures are coming because quarterbacks are holding the ball. And, and the amount of times that the, the Washington Commanders pass rush is getting stood up versus the amount of times just winning off the line and dominating are really kind of staggering. Um, people are do they're doubling Deron Payne um, because of think what he did last year, and that's being that's becoming effective, um, which is why his numbers aren't so good. So I expect the Atlanta Falcons to do a lot of that too. Um, you know, so again, if that back end doesn't give the, the pass rush time to get home and the pass rush can't get off of guys and win, you know, off the line of scrimmage, then I think it could be a long day for them. So, so task number one, uh, again, six weeks in, I'd be shocked to know that I was going to say this in August, that defense has got to stand up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, this game is interesting because Washington has been so up and down, like when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're pretty bad. And as I said earlier, like they've been much better on the road than they have been uh, at home this year. Atlanta has been far better at home than they are on the road. So this is potentially a game where if that trend continues, that you'll see the best versions of these team. And for me, like I, I look at it and I, I kind of feel like the better, ver the best version of Washington is maybe a better team than the Falcons just because they have the firepower it, it, it through the air as well as the potential with Brian Robinson, who is a player I absolutely adore. He was my favorite running back in that draft class. Um, 
you know, to, to really pound it. And then what the defense has the potential to do, which we haven't consistently seen them do like that feels like a better team. So I think for the Falcons, their key to success is get off to a fast start. That's been something a lot of teams have been able to do against Washington. And if the Falcons can do that, then they can stay committed to what they do best, which is running the football. Uh, And hopefully they'll be able to sprinkle in a couple of explosive plays uh, off of play action against Washington. Obviously, Washington has given up a ton of those uh, this season, especially last week against the Bears. Uh, and, And that will be their formula for success. And then hopefully... It'll probably be a close game going in the fourth quarter, and that's where the Falcons have shined the best. They've outscored their opponents at home this year in the fourth quarter, 41 to 7. And so I feel like if they keep doing what they do and, and it's it doesn't get out of hand and they can sort of keep a lid on that Washington offense early in the game, um, they should be fine. And and that should allow them to, you know, win this game probably not by a huge margin, but you know, like a 27-24 type of win at the end of the day. But uh, David, any other last thoughts that you want to share with the folks before we uh, duck out of here on this crossover Thursday? You know, I I kind of, I agree with you. I think like if you were looking at this thing on paper, honestly, I think the commanders have the leg up here. Um, I think the commanders should be a team that's looked at as the favorites. I know on FanDuel, they're they're the underdogs in this matchup. I think they've earned that after the way they played against Chicago Bears. Uh, But really, it's that's kind of what makes this team so frustrating this season so far is it's not about, who is on the field. It's about what they're doing when they're out there. Right. And if the commanders go out there and do what they can do and are capable of doing, like you kind of alluded to, they could certainly should certainly beat the Atlanta Falcons. But if they don't and they let the Falcons get on to a fast starter, they let them hang in too long. Um, then certainly, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, you know, they've got a winning record uh, for a reason. I think it's going to be an interesting game, regardless of how it all plays out. You just, don't really know what you're going to get with either one of these teams. And that can be extremely frustrating, but it also can be uh, very exciting. So we look forward to that matchup. Make sure you guys tune in and, and keep it locked here on both locked on Falcons and locked on commanders as your first listen, your team every day.